0: Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in.
1: Hello and welcome to Mint Dialogue, episode number 74. This interview recorded on September 3rd, 2013, is with Lutz Finger, author, blogger, entrepreneur, and consultant, and a big specialist on big data. I met Lutz, a fellow in Seattle, at the Future Media Forum 2013 in Moscow. Lutz is about to join LinkedIn to bring his big data expertise to them. In this interview, we discuss what is big data for a company, how to explore and exploit it, as well as some of the necessary tools and ways to organize oneself. For anyone wishing to get deeper into big data for business, Lutz is an interesting source and resource. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Minter Dialogue Internet Show, where we discuss brand marketing with a focus on all things digital. I am Minter Dial, author of TheMindset.com, that's T H E M Y N D S E T, where branding gets personal. You'll find the show notes on the blog for the upcoming interview. Let's cut to quick. Enjoy the show. Good morning, and um, glad to have someone who is a specialist and expert in big data on the show. So, tell us who you are, exactly what you're up to, uh, Lutz.
2: Good morning, Minder. This is Lutz, yes. Well, um, I'm Lutz, Lutz Lutzfinger. I'm a quantum physicist by training. I built my own company in media analytics. So, our big data is like sifting away um, 25 terabytes a month or even more and analyzing all that stuff. Uh, next to the company I have a small consultancy uh, I'm, I'm working there with big retailers on data stuff and very soon I will join LinkedIn
1: Brilliant, well so tell us about quantum physics, that's something that's always a, I've been passionate about, quantum mechanics quantum physics, uh, tell us your, your what your specialty with, or interest is within quantum physics
2: Oh, that, That's a long time ago in quantum physics, I actually did inium gallium arsenide uh, quantum dots, so uh, like, you know, those kind of small little LED devices who make uh, white light. Uh, uh, we started to research those, so uh, kind of like uh, trying to build materials uh, which emit light at areas where we couldn't emit light
1: before. So, I mean, this it sounds kind of funny when you add the notion of big data. This is completely invisible data, but lots of it.
2: Well, in physics, very often you have the, um, the phenomena that you can set up a lot of machinery to measure something, and you are not one hundred percent sure what you're looking for. But you measure, 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 and you get loads of data. And the trick is actually to get through all the data. I, I, I recall that I, I used, like, I did my research in Tokyo, and I recall that I like the laboratory was in the middle of the the hipster area Rapongi, where everybody goes out and um, so and my experiments needed to go at night so that the actual train the the tube isn't disturbing so I had them all running all night but since I was there already in Rapongi and I was young I kind of like went out dancing and partying and next morning I got back and collected all the data <laughs> to realize that this is too much data.
1: Well so, you know it just sounds funny um the link uh, between Ripongi and uh, hipster and big data and Haight-Ashbury, San Francisco, and Big Data. Um, so well, let's talk about Big Data. I mean, what is Big Data in your mind?
2: Well, um, it's a lot of hot air, because at the end, um, in, you collect the data, and you're trying to predict something from it, or prediction is a big word, like you're trying to find patterns in the data, which helps you to realize certain things nothing else you, you you do as a person if you get up at a certain time in the morning out of bed in order to make it on time to work you realize that after a certain point in time in the morning you will be too late and everything will be right so you have your own learning mechanism get out of the bed early otherwise you won't be happy and big data that pattern you you realize your own pattern and big data well obviously it's a little bit more complex than that but uh, it's very similar you're trying to Understand pattern, and the good thing is we used to be limited to pen and paper. And then we got a computer, and now we have Hadoop clusters, and we can um, deal with more and more data. But other than that, there is nothing really special about it. It's That's Just you right. trying to build correlations on it,
1: right? So um, you and I exchanged on, on uh, well, we first of all we spoke on a on, on a um, panel in in Moscow and we were talking about this and that's how we met. And then you and I exchanged on a, on a blog post and I tried to, with some provocation, express that big data is dead. So just to go with your analogy, I think that there are a lot of people that still don't get out of bed and get to work on time. So how on earth are they gonna layer in on top of that, you know, more sophisticated coffee, more sophisticated alarms, more sophisticated data, when they can't even get out of bed and get to work on time in the first place?
2: think that's the biggest problem um, that um, it's not about technology it's not about data or missing data it's very often about not being able to have the right question like i i recently finished a book for a rally um, called ask measure learn and it starts with it with the term ask because what i saw in my work is that very often companies don't really understand what could be, what, what they could get out of data. And because they don't really understand what they could get out of data, they actually never pause the, pause the question. And since they don't pause the question, they don't get an answer.
1: All right. So, I, um, you know, really, there's a lot of mystery, mystique, and probably, as you said, hype about uh, big data but let's be a little bit down to earth and concrete. Let's imagine, all right, you know, you got in front of you, a CEO says, ah, all right, big data, we've got to do it. Talk me through what you believe would be the, the things that are needed in order for a company, a brand, to start to get to grips with big data.
2: Well, they are, you, can, like, you can enter this discussion from two directions. And unfortunately, very often only one direction is taken. Um, but um, so the two directions are: you, if you think in technology terms, you walk up the technology, like the normal structure stack or the technology stack. So you you, you start with the infrastructure layer, and you go up to the application layer, where you have the management implication or like implication which hits your business or uh, like the people. And from those, yeah. so um, very often it's the technology discussion which is driving data discussions or data analytics discussions. And I'm not shying away from the term big data because even when my own company uh, sifts away several terabytes of data every month, uh, I wouldn't call this big. Um, actually, in some senses, we, we even use, use MySQL, very, very like um, old-fashioned, uh, traditional um, applications there, so um, technology is the wonderful one. and the other direction is actually from the management application layer, so technology would kind of start saying, okay, what kind of data do you have, how can you save it, can you put this all in a big pot and save it, and store it, and it used to be very, very expensive, and um, it became way cheaper and more easier to do. And the other place is you go from the top down, from the management down, and saying, "Okay, what are actually questions I want to do?" And that is way more complex than just putting up a Hadoop cluster and pumping all the data. In. It's way more complex because you need to be able to execute on a question
1: and and the answers you're getting.
2: <laughs> well, very often people say, "Ah, oh, they have a very, very—I mean, I have been in those board." More than, you, 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 you sit there and you realize it's a little bit like uh, Douglas Adams' Hitchhiker's Guide Through the Galaxy. They want the answer to life, the universe, and everything. And then they're totally stunned if they get 42 and don't know what how to execute on it.
1: <laughs> All right. So um, let, let, let's be specific. I'm a, uh, I'm a CEO of a uh, consumer products company. My business is doing okay, it's, uh, you know, let's say 10% margin, um, I, but my growth is not as fast as I'd like to do. Um, how, do how do I start formulating that question? Well, and it, um, there,
2: there is not one question, so it's a question every organization can have. A very um, typical stuff, and um, this is uh, like I, I, I'm very often like, break it down into different chapters, so like in, into different parts so departments. So if you look at the sales department, um, a good question to ask is how do I staff my uh, staff my channels? Like how many products would be available at what time? If I'm if, if I'm a consumer goods company, yeah, how much? Uh, deodorant do I need in the west of the U.S. at a certain point in time versus the east of the U.S.? Is there differences between rural areas and city areas? And uh, companies tend to have those information on historical data and uh, unfortunately very often uh, you won't believe it but very often it's huge actual models. Now that can be done a little bit more elegant but the point is not to be elegant. The point is it becomes more accurate and more faster. So, what you're trying to do is you're trying to take in other information in order to make a model to tell you how much stuff should I have in a channel. That's a, for for a consumer goods company that's the non plus ultra uh, to know um, how much stuff they need to have to, to produce and to have it work, to offer to
1: their channel. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, where, where it becomes the, uh, a question of elegance is being is refined, as Jobs would say, down to the simple question. Because in the essence, there's, there is this panoply of data available, you know, these big Excel spreadsheets spewing out data. But I love the idea of coming down to the question, or, you know, per department, perhaps, and then coming up with the question. Really, the key performance indicator.
2: So, actually, the way you described it is what we see in at companies very often. There is a massive amount of excess flowing around is probably a department which is not doing anything except churning out Excel sheets which get then sent around per email, cluttering up inboxes and probably nobody looks at it. And if you want to take one conclusion from one of those um, uh, spreadsheets, then it's fine to take it from that spreadsheet, but if you have a second question which goes beyond that spreadsheet, you're lost. Mm-hmm. Somebody will need to go and dig that data out and they probably won't do it except you're on board level. Yeah. So, But all of those questions are normally not one big question. Somebody who is optimizing, for example, if you now go to marketing, is optimizing is a site. On which site should I place an advertisement? Should this a banner? Should this be a banner? A square thing? Should it be on the top right corner, or on the left right corner? Should I show something? That's all not a question which kind of like make people think, wow, you did this with big data. No, no, no. This is normal operational stuff. Mm-hmm. However, they might not be able to answer those questions. At this very moment, or they might be able to answer it. Very often, <coughs> companies I'm coming there, they will tell me, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I know this all now. We we op- like we optimize it," but they only use the very very limited information set to optimize mm-hmm. it. Or there is huge advances to do now. Let's let's get away from this one notion of one one big question. We might come back later to the discussion of KPIs, management KPIs. So only a few. Still not one, a few, but often what it's needed to is being able to drill out information from the data, which is helpful to take operational decisions. And zillions of operational decisions in the company, and none of them is actually the big operational decision. So that's exactly the problem. If you have one department doing all the data mining, all the digging, and there are people. And you are a company of thousands. Everybody wants to do operational decision and wants to know should I go right or left or right or left. And they have to ask those one five like, guys, nice. well, these five guys will very, very soon be overworked. Mm-hmm. Also, it's probably not worthwhile for them to work a week for somebody to take a decision, which you would have liked a week ago, to go right or left. So, therefore, I'd say, one needs to have a central data pool where people easily can access easily means you don't need to be a data scientist or you don't need to be somebody who totally has a deep understanding but need to be data driven in terms of your business decision to say I have a question and I want to go right or left and I pause like I this question towards
1: my data pool. I get it. All right, cool. So, um, one of the things that goes through my head is, uh, all right, let's say we, this right, listen. I'm really keen on using big data. I've got lots of questions, operational issues I need to fix. We've got to come up with some platforms, and you know, so some database management system. How does one go about collating the information correctly? And I'm specifically thinking of CRM and my customer base. Because I know I have my own email base. I know I have a Facebook fan page. I know I have a Twitter account. And, and what, what, what's going on now with our ability to collate that information and you know, come up with intelligent information?
2: Okay, first of all, you need to make all that information accessible. And um, probably the best way is actually part in the marketing area because um, the low-hanging fruits are, in my opinion, they're the, the lowest or the, the, the sweetest, however you want to call it. So, like, create a system to take up all the data. Now, don't throw away any of your existing systems. Like, keep running the way you were running all the day. And just have, you call this minimal in, uh, invasive, so you're kind of trying to to read data alongside with somebody else without impacting anything so the first step is actually nobody realized that you start reading data on the side. a little bit like the nsa is doing that huh? it might be not politically correct to say so but it's uh, like nsa is doing exactly this they, they're trying to minimal to be minimalistic and in, uh, in, invasive so that not even the governments of the world that they were reading it now then put it all in a to a in a to a storage. And that is cheap in the beginning. So um, like the whole approach at the at a later stage might cost you a little bit because infrastructure is way cheaper than it used to be, but still not for free. Uh, but start sifting away. Once you have data, you then kind of like pour intelligent questions on it. And like traditional, this area is called KDD, knowledge discovery. So you kind of you're trying to discover interesting things. So you then make a team between somebody who understands the database and somebody who works in the marketing team who has questions for, should I go right or should I go left? And very soon you can actually find your first low-hanging fruits and somebody says, oh, really? I mean, I had this last time with one of my clients, he, I, I you know, like, they, they're doing, um, kind of um, spot sales, or they're the doing sales and pulse purchases from uh, like online, a big, big uh, retailer in Europe. And um, I had a, I showed them how long it a des- decision takes online for a client. They come on, like, how, do they, how long do they consider, and then until um, they buy. And the, um, the leader of the online team kind of like looked at me or uh, the director of the online team and he kind of said like, yeah, that's fine. But actually I I think um, it's probably totally different if you look at high purchases like in a high uh, value purchases versus low value purchases. I think somebody who buys something which is of high value will consider way longer and it's not an like impulse purchase or business model doesn't work. Well, and well, I said, "Well, give me give me a few minutes." Like, and I, actually, it took me a day, but give me a day, and I could tell him because the data is available, and he was stunned because he was like, "Wow, like, how, how did that work that fast?" Because normally they had somewhere a database, and it would normally take them a week to go back for one single question.
1: So, what's and, the what's the key to making being able to read that data so quickly?
2: Uh, it, it, there is not, this is technology. I mean, you have, uh, in this case, the key was to have the right data. So far, they did not have the data accessible in this format. So in this case, it was, I mean. Uh, otherwise, uh, very often, you. the key is, if you store a relationship database, then you have already some questions in mind you want to answer, but the point of data collection is that you do this without sense. You, this is senseless data collection. The, like take again, like let's go back to the NSA because we have all seen this in the news. The NSA doesn't know what they're looking for. What they do is they just store the data. Mm-hmm. They don't know which codes uh, terrorists are using to collaborate. They're probably not talking real words. They probably don't say something about the bomb they want to place. Mm-hmm. They probably coded language. Now, if we only would look for the word bomb, we would definitely miss out.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, so, I get that. What about um, data visualization or, or techniques for looking at this data dump you're talking about? What are What are some of the ideas or, or um, tools that you use or you recommend for that?
2: Uh, yes, those are loads of like okay, a data visualization. So if you if you look at data on the data discussion, the data stack, like you have the data, you, you store the data in a form which allows you to be high scalable, which would be Hadoop. Then you have a analytics layer on top of it, and then you, on top of it you have a data visualization layer on it. Then the the latter is serving actually two main groups. One group is somebody who wants to get a grip on the data, like you know, make a hairball here, make a hairball there. It all looks ugly, but it gives you some idea. And the other one is to to serve um, business people, fast and efficient with good graphics. The funny thing is, with all the technology you're getting, normally people will always offer you the complete stack. They, just, they try to set the data, they try to uh, do the analytics, and they try to give you some kind of web interface on top, which makes nice graphics. Uh, I personally do encourage everybody to split those three things in three parts apart. I mean, they are totally different businesses, and they need totally different skill sets. So, and Tableau is a very, very good one, um, and they are very focused on only that.
1: All right. So, can you split those three businesses, uh, those three functions, again for us? Tell us what they are.
2: So, the so first function is uh, the data layer, the layer where you keep and store data. Mm-hmm. This is a Hadoop layer the, for example, from the Apache movement. Um, source movement so you you run a Hadoop cluster you have um, a pig and a hive on it uh, you run Aussie as a scheduler key value stores it's a like deal with this layer there are data engineers there are data centered people. The whole idea is senseless data gathering
1: mm-hmm.
2: And I don't care about format I don't care about structure and like like for that consumer company we started off early on you put pump there everything in you Mm -hmm. pump there in what the weather was what the um customer and so on and so forth the second thing would then be um the analytics layer again there are a lot of tools out there it's you have to have a way to do statistical analysis on that second layer. Traditional, it's R, the, the language R, <laughs> it's just a the letter, it's, uh, it comes from S, S comes from R. So use SAS or SPSS or any kind of tool set, which will allow you to run very, very simple, analytics on a statistical analysis to find the pattern you're looking for. Um, and all those stuff you have, it's always like, um, it's it's machinery. You can find analytics stuff, which is fast, but not accurate. When you find it, it's very accurate, but not fast. And uh, at the end, start with something and figure yourself out, depending on the question, depending on the data and so on and so forth. But, that's the see of you find a lot of data scientists working. And then on the third level, the top level, it then the, the data visualization layer, where you're trying to make it what you found, you put in a graph. And I very often like the businesses will come to you and say, like can't we just have like they start and starting off with a data visualization. Oh you know, well, I need something, and then they will grab the iPad, hold it up to me, and say, that can be shown here. Mm-hmm. But they don't have they don't didn't figure out what the question is. They only knew that they would like to see it on an iPad. Which is fine, mm-hmm. but uh, they first need to understand what the question is. In order to understand what the question is, they first need to say data. And then they need to play around with the data to figure out what which fraction, which which part actually helping them to make a decision
1: when we were in moscow we were looking at i I think it was it you we're looking at how graphs show different things and so you know making sure that your key message is major in the visual as opposed to you know some graphs show you the wrong way so if you do a pie chart instead of a a line chart, well, it can be a completely different reading. And you're getting, you're going barking up the wrong tree if you use the pie chart. Whereas the line chart allows you quickly to see where the moments are.
2: I uh, you know, in Moscow and I, I, I don't know who was it. Uh, she showed a, showed a comic where somebody said, wow, this looks awesome. I have no clue what it means.
1: <laughs> All right. so. Um, when, when, when I want to go back to another point, Lutz, which is social media. So we've got this data. We've got an email database. We have this Facebook fan page, a Twitter account. Today, we're, if we wanted to get real CRM, normally we should be aggregating these points. Do you see Do you see um, effective tools for pulling that and cleansing so that if, if I'm going after a, a customer called Lutz Finger and I know, his, uh, I know his email address. I've seen he's a fan on Facebook, and he has a Twitter account, or he's following me on Twitter. Is there a way for me, are there effective tools today to help you, for me, to understand you, the customer, better?
2: An interesting question you're posing. Let's stick with this. Why would you want to do this?
1: To, to communicate better to you, uh, because I know who you are more, so I know when you want to hear me, I know how you like to hear me, I know where you want to hear me, uh, and uh, and therefore I have a better chance of engaging with you and thinking that you'll become a more loyal client.
2: Perfect, yes. So then it, it's, it's important that I, like, to have this question in mind, because obviously there are tools which uh, gather all that different information, and enable a customer service organization to kind of see what you're saying and engage with you this is more like uh, or a sales organization this is pretty much like a sales organization who um uh get from and um looks through the data and saying okay you're a Minter has just posted a picture that he was at Hawaii, so next time I'm writing it in the email, a tweet or whatsoever, I start with, hey Minter, how was Hawaii? So- <laughs> Aloha. <laughs> Aloha. Eh? But that, 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 like, it might be big data because, like, a customers and they have loads of Hawaii trips, but um, at the end, it's not what um, people get out of bed because you don't look for a pattern. You don't look for the pattern who goes to Hawaii needs a certain thing. They need sunscreen. So, uh, like, Minter is talking from Hawaii, so I better offer him a special gift, a, a Hawaii special sunscreen. That would be then doing the analytics around it. So, but in the way you described it, it could be the way we trying to optimize e shots. We're trying to optimize tweets towards, towards somebody or Facebook posts towards somebody. And there are loads of companies lately coming up um, trying to bring that data together and offer one customer-centric uh, view. I have to admit, I've never worked with any of those. So well, like now- Buddy
1: Media and Radiant 6 and all those guys.
2: Oh, Radiant 6 wouldn't be the right ones. Radiant 6 is a, like Fisher Analytics. I mean, they are uh, an analytics company, like uh, Fisher Analytics, uh, disclaimer, is a company I founded. It's, a, it's, a, it's an analytics company for uh, media data. So, uh, like, Salesforce, obviously, tries to now bring the data all together. They don't really do analytics, uh, like uh, data mining in terms of finding patterns. At, at least I'm not aware of it. But uh, as I said, I haven't really worked in that area. So, for, um, in, in, but that's definitely an approach. You're trying to um, bring, or con- contextually, is, I think, is another tool. They're looking at the coming up, We're trying to do this and trying to bring data in. If, if-
1: if I may, then just uh, go back to this notion of uh, big data, because the terminology or the definition I'm hearing a lot of is it's it's about volume, velocity, and variety. And
2: look, I um, uh, in the book Ask Measure Alone, I give the fourth V, which is it's important V of it all. It's uh, volume, velocity, variety, and value. Value. Because the value is like so often people talk about. Oh, I need to save all the data, all the data. Why?
1: Right. Well, so I get that. So, but my point is that why would that would would the case of merging my email with your live tweets and your Facebook uh, activities not fall into potentially a valuable variety, volume, velocity uh, story? Because you know, I want to I want to post to you aloha. You just were in. Of Hawaii, so that's real time. It's variety because I saw part of it in Twitter. Plus, you know, you're, so it's a, a a mélange, and that strikes me as being reasonable under the definition of big data.
2: It is, but the 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 pause read, the value, read is exactly what you're looking for. So, let's say you're saving from all your customers, and uh, let's say you have, um, by the way, this is a fire. Um, Coming back, yeah.
1: wow.
2: okay. Um, so, uh, let's say you have from all your customers, you save all the tweets, all the Facebook entries. You have access to all the emails, you save all them. Then obviously you do have a lot of volume. Um, you have a lot of variety because um, um, that is all unstructured data. Some the notion likes Some things have 140 characters. Others are long and PDFs. Whatever, yeah. And um, yeah, but lots lot probably don't really have because they don't come on. Like it's it's not it's not like real time trading, but still it's it comes in. So it's uh, two Bs are there from three. But the value is still the one which which you're trying to look for. Now let's go into something very very old fashioned, and people normally kind of like cringe a little bit if I'm starting to talk about this. It's a like newsletter, newsletter steering. It is very often the best low-engine fruit, even if it's non-sexy and very often not really a lot of big data driven. How to, when to send an e- e-shot, to whom to send an e-shot, and, uh, in order to create something like click rate, but reduce at the same time uh, unsubscribe rate. Now, if, if you go with this, well, in eShots are a very old tool. And like um, demographic wise, it's attaching uh, um, maybe the wrong people. Like you want a maybe younger crowd, then an eShot is probably not the right tooling any, anymore. Now, but with the same argumentation, how often should you send a tweet? How or should you send a Facebook post or a tweet? And to who should you uh, contact? Yeah, obviously in Facebook, less. Uh, possibilities to steer those things and with email but it's a similar question pausing and then you need all of that data you have then you need all the information to kind of like you see a pattern whenever I talk about a certain subject most likely when I give a voucher <laughs> people react yeah, and resend it now should I then, does this mean that I always send a voucher well if you do this a couple of times you will see that there's a fade-off effect and those are the pattern like w- which makes you then realize okay I should not send so much or somebody should send more and so on now obviously if you try everything out uh, by the next century you will have all the answers and they are the guts feel of, of your, your employees come into play they kind of like they say well I would like if I send something out I think the best thing we send out is a voucher <laughs> and then you back, it's like, yeah, good, good guts feel, good guts feel, keep on going, but let's make it data driven, let's make a test, let's see how it works, to have a baseline, and then you work from there.
1: Okay. Lutz, we're going to draw it to a close. What is, um, what, where, how do you get inspired, or, or do you keep up with what's going on in big data? Do you have a, a, a great source that you can tell us uh, that we can uh, post out and, and learn from, other than yourself?
2: Myself, I obviously would say, kind of yeah, like you should read a book from O'Reilly Media, Ask Measure Learn. That's a great source. Uh, it's written by me. Well, so how do I keep up? I keep up. Um, like I mean, like obviously, I build a company around media data. So um, I keep up by myself by looking at articles satisfying a certain keyword and spreading in social media. You probably have seen this in Mashable or other things. We call it um, 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 SFI, um, a, a Social Media Index, which kind of like it's an, uh, it's an engagement index, meaning in news is posted, how many people uh, retweet it, how many people like it, post this, and how many people copy from it. This copying part is actually a very funky one because a good idea is kept on going. And you all probably have used Google Trends to figure out, oh, big data is something upcoming, because since 2011, more and more people are searching for it. If you do the same thing in terms of topics which are written, you will see that certain topics are just copied by other more and more often, and that tells you, oh, something is going on, let me read it.
1: You actually do an uber layer, a layer over, and, and see what people are reading as opposed to reading yourself, in a sense. It's funny.
2: If I know what people get excited about, then I should read it as well.
1: I get it. All right, well, Lutz, how can people uh, follow you, track you down, get your book? What uh, give me give us a few uh, posts?
2: Oh, absolutely. So, like, you can go to Facebook, find me under Lutzfinger UTZ, and finger like the hand, or you go to Lutzfinger under Twitter, you find me there. Don't follow uh, the, uh, the bots which I'm programming from time to times because that's the second area of my interest, uh, I'm looking at social media bots, so don't follow any of those, but um, like Lutzfinger is true, and that's only me. Uh, um, and obviously you can go to my blog, website lutzfinger.com.
1: And to get your book? Uh,
2: the book will be published in a couple of weeks at Raleigh Media in a, in a pre-version. So you, you get it there. And obviously, if you follow me on any of those channels, I will tell you where to get
1: it. Brilliant. All right, let's. thanks for being on the show.
2: Appreciate it. Have a good, good one. Talk. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks for having listened to this recording of the Minted Dialogue Internet Show. You'll find the show notes on themindset.com, where you can also sign up for my weekly newsletter at forward slash subscribe. If you like the show, please rate it in iTunes. And don't forget to click the handy Facebook like button or to tweet it out. In the meantime, please come join the conversation at The Mindset or catch me on Twitter at M-D-I-A-L. Happy trails.